Welcome to the Sports Talker with T.J. Walker, presented by Allen Electric. And now, here's T.J. Walker. Hello, everybody. Happy Monday to you. New week here on 1450 The Sports Buzz, the Sports Talker with me, T.J. Walker. As always, joined by Trevor, the producer of the show. Trevor, did you have yourself a nice little weekend? I did. I got to see my first Eagles game. Blue Jays finally got a win against the Yankees, and I didn't have a lot of work to do. So all in all, it was a pretty good weekend. Good. I'm glad to glad to hear it. Glad to hear it. I had the fantasy draft over the weekend. I'll talk a little bit about that. I thought it went well for me. I, I haven't been shy about who my keepers were and the hole that I was going to be in heading into the draft, but I thought things went pretty well. Always a great time with my fantasy league when we draft. Uh, we get the keg, and it turns into uh, it gets a little sloppy in some of the later rounds uh, there were some people that needed assistance on drafting um not me but some people we also golfed earlier in the day so ended up being a little uh, people were a little drunker than than i think uh they anticipated but a good time in the draft nonetheless and uh, like i said we'll talk a little bit about that some big uk football news today and that's where we're going to start the show trevor there was a shocker of an announcement that patrick tolls was named the starter wait wait a minute what i know can you believe it what about reese you know, I, I, everybody knew it was going to come down to the wire. So I, when they announced today on August seventeenth, it it was uh, it was pretty shocking to hear that the guy who started every game last year will start the season this year. It's I, crazy. I, I tell you what, Drew Barker hadn't been blindsided like this since he was in an EKU dorm. <laughs> Good one. But how many times can you use that joke before you got to retire it? I don't know how many more years of eligibility does he have. <laughs> he's, he's got a few. Okay, then answer your own question. He's got a few. Uh, but Mark Stoops made it official today, and that was what we were all kind of waiting for. Now, Trevor, how how do I feel UK's coaches should have handled this quarterback situation? Have I have I been pretty persistent on what I believe they should have done? Uh, yeah, I think you've been pretty straightforward. You haven't uh, beaten around the bush, so to speak. So what? But what do I think they should do, or what did I think they should have done? You wanted them to give Drew Barker a shot, did you not? I, Trevor, what? No, I do four no. shows a day. <laughs> I, I I'm very very adamant about about this that I think they should name the starting quarterback as soon as possible. Oh, then you were on agreements with me. Okay, I thought you disagreed with me. Never mind. Then we're good. I know we disagree a lot, but no, I and, and maybe I was more vocal in some podcasts for Cats Illustrated. I, I forget exactly where I say what, uh, but See, I've always you know been, where I'm coming from. But I'm very, I was very adamant wherever I said it. I'm sure I've probably said it on this show that is much more beneficial for Kentucky to name their quarterback as soon as possible. And I don't, I didn't like waiting up until the season. Uh, it had seemed. All signs pointed to Patrick Tolles being the starting quarterback. We all knew that. So I said that they should have done it in the spring, the summer. But they waited till August 17th, uh, a few three weeks before the season starts, less than three weeks before the season starts. And that is plenty of time, all things considered. I still think they should have done it earlier. Uh, what Stoops had to say about it, 
came to some clarity on the quarterback position. Patrick Tolles will start, be the starter. It was a good battle. Drew did some very good things, but once again, Patrick played exceptional on Saturday. So really encouraged with his progress. Uh, and that's when Stoops broke the news in his opening statement. And it, it it doesn't surprise anybody. What we said the re what we said was if Drew Barker is going to win this job, he would have to look like a damn good quarterback to do it. And not taking anything away from Barker because I don't think UK was just pumping him up to get the fans excited. I I genuinely think he probably did some good things. And you talk to some people that have watched more practices than I have, and they'd say, yeah, Drew looked really good. But again, Tolls has the experience. Uh, he he has a better running ability than Drew Barker. Everything we've heard is that he's becoming more accurate. So if Drew Barker does have the long ball on him, that might be the only thing he has. Is this but the Tolles, case though that did Tolles win the job or did he not do? Did he not lose the job? Is, I think is there well, is a they, difference. Yeah, and uh, here's what here's what Mark Stoops later went on to say. He said, "Drew. He thinks Drew's earned uh, a chance to to compete, but Patrick is the guy, and he's going to play. He's got the reins. You saw that last year. He'll have the same this year, same control with the offense. But we have a lot of confidence in Drew, so I'm excited to see him play. So I that tells me that Drew Barker did enough where Tolls probably had to win it. That's what I'm taking out of that, because it seems that." Drew Barker really pushed him. It seemed that Drew Barker pushed Tolls, and Tolls had to show a little extra, a little progress, a little improvement. And Stoops later went on to say that uh, he, Patrick Tolls has progressed, and he looks more comfortable, and he that extra experience is helping him. So it's of my belief that Patrick Tolls won the job, and it wasn't so much that Drew Barker lost out or didn't do enough to really push tolls. After me reading those comments to you, I know you probably haven't seen the full video of Stoops' press conference today. Uh, you can get the transcript at catsillustrated.com. But what do you think, Trevor? And let me ask you your own question. I think it's important to figure out the difference because it also that, to me, tells me the length of the leash that will be going into the season. If he won the job, if tolls won the job, and it does sound like I guess he won the job, and I'm not surprised. I thought he would win the job. I, I guess I can't really say firsthand that I think he's a better quarterback because I've really all my video that I've watched on Drew Barker doesn't involve being on a football field over the last year so I and Tolls you know I'm a I'm kind of a Tolls fan I think I like Tolls I think he can be a solid quarterback I think he got a bad rap a little bit from last year being in his first year being with supporting cast and the schedule that surrounded him and the hits that he took I thought he I think he was was a starter to me though I wonder that's what I'm thinking though is how long will the leash be i.e. will if Tolls has a, I mean, even you know, you, I know you don't want to say this out loud, but if he has a bad game against uh, UL Lafayette, I mean, does does that mean Barker is almost on the on the on deck circle, waiting to come on very quickly in the South Carolina game if it's a slow start, or does Tolls have these reins and it's saying, you know, listen, bumps and bruises will come along the way. This is your job. Don't look over your shoulder. I I think it's his job. I think it's the uh, excuse me. As I'm well for now, but again, what if there's a bad game? I mean, even in a win, what if he has a, a poor game against Lafayette? Has some turnovers? No, I, I, and, that, and that's what I'm saying. I, I think it's his job, regardless of what happens. Now, if Kentucky goes into the first few games 
and Tolls looks terrible. They lose to South Carolina. They lose to Florida. They lose to Missouri, and they're sitting there at one and three. And Tolls hasn't looked good in those games. Uh, yeah, then I think it'd probably be fair to give Drew Barker a shot at that chance. And, and this is talking about the worst case scenario. But you'd be into the fifth game of the season, Eastern Kentucky game, and that's really your only break. If if things don't, if, if, well, if things go well or if things don't go well. That is your only break in the season because then you come back with five consecutive SEC games, three of which are on the road. That Eastern Kentucky game is going to be the, if you're going to change something, that's probably the game that you actually need to do it because Kentucky, if they go down to South Carolina and lose without Jason Hatcher, that's not going to surprise a lot of people. South Carolina is going to be favored in that game. Now, if they come back and, and lose to Florida, that would be pretty disappointing. Uh, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. This is the year Kentucky has to beat Florida. Now, if they come back after that, lose to Missouri, have lost three straight, sitting 0-3 in the SEC, at that point, the season isn't completely lost, and we'd have to see how these games unfolded before we can really talk about yeah, this. Because they could lose those three and totals plays well. I mean, they, that's, that's yeah, and, and that's the thing. They could lose those three, and they could lose all of them close, and you would just have to shake your head and say, damn, you know, Kentucky came close to winning those games. They didn't, and, and you still stay with tolls because if he plays good in those games and you still come up short, well, we've talked about the question marks on U.K.'s defense, and today we're going to talk about U.K.'s defensive backs as we break it down position by position. We're almost done with that as the as the offseason rolls on and we're, we're getting closer and closer to football. But that Eastern Kentucky game, that's going to be the one that if U.K. is not playing well, and also Kentucky could maybe sneak by Florida and Missouri. They could be 2-2 two and two heading into that Eastern Kentucky game. But again, Trevor, if Tolls doesn't look good, that Eastern game could be the one where Stoops would say, all right, let's see if the offense reacts differently, if they play differently with Barker there. Because even after that game, you got 12 days until you play Auburn on Thursday night. And in that Auburn game, even as is right now, you're going to be playing that game with house money. Uh, you got nothing to lose heading into that game. So that Eastern game is going to be the interesting one. But I think Tolls would have to play significantly bad, have to play very poorly in the first half of the season, and Kentucky's record would have to be bad. I could even see a scenario where Tolls isn't playing all that great, and but UK's still winning. Maybe they're sitting at 3-1 and one heading into Eastern Kentucky, and you're still going to give him a shot. I, all, but as we're talking all these hypotheticals and all these different scenarios, I do think Tolls is going to have a hell of a season. I think he's going to play really well. He's got all the tools you want out of quarterback, and now you get to add experience to it. I think he's going to be a top-five quarterback in the SEC, and like I've always said, I think he's going to have a decision to make after the season where he can say, do I want to go pro or do I want to come back for another season at UK? That's how good I think he's going to be this year. Um, you know, He's a huge quarterback that can throw the ball smart and can also run. NFL teams are going to like that, and it's going to translate – Kentucky's going to be down in some games this season. That's not a surprise to anybody, but uh, he's going to put up big numbers. He just he, he flat out is. So we're talking all these hypotheticals about what Drew Barker would have to do to get on the field, and it seems like he doesn't really have to do anything. It's what Patrick Tolles has to do to get Drew Barker on the field. Uh, but but all these scenarios I don't think come to fruition because I think Patrick Tolles has again, like I said, one hell of a season. I, I like Tolles. I think I've kept. That. I don't think I've been very secretive about that, but. He would have to have one hell of a season to go pro after this year. I mean, I don't that I would have to be blown away more than I was more impressed than I was even after his first year as a starter last year. 
for him to be going pro after this season. Why do you say? Why, why do you say that? I, he would. Ha- I mean, he still has to show me he can the, the decision making and a lot of things. Be able to throw the ball on the run. I, he, he while he can move, I have yet to see him be able to complete a pass while being moving as well, and just also arm strength, accuracy. There's just other things I want to see. Compl- I want to see progressed. He has the prototypical body, which automatically puts him in a potential of being probably a top, you know, top four round pick because of the the physical uh, body that he has. And the NFL loves that, but I got to see other things. Plus, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, this is supposed to be a pretty deep draft class in terms of quarterbacks. So it might not be the wisest thing to jump into a, a, a pool full of people. You might want to wait until it clears out a little bit and you got some more room to swim. And I'm definitely saying that he needs to and he needs to improve. I'm not saying he, he will get drafted if he has a, a similar season to last year. I'm just saying I think he does. I, I think he does improve. And something else that you have to remember is that uh, – you know, he was in the class of 2011. Uh, he was a, a freshman in 2012 that played in a few games, then redshirted in 2013, and then came out and obviously started every game last year. Uh, he's not getting any younger, Trevor. Uh, and not that, you know, not like not, the NFL isn't quite like the NBA where if you're older, you don't really have a chance, but that is probably weighing on his mind. But you are right. He does have to step up. He does have to show those things that you said. He has to show that he can throw on the run. His decision-making has to be better. It just has to be better, and he has to be more accurate. But we've heard about the accuracy. It seems that he is more accurate. He's going to have a new offense uh, this year, which you you think about and you say, oh, a new offense, that's probably not going to help him because he's going to have to learn some new things. Well, it's going to be pretty similar to what he's used to doing. And also, I, you know, I, I like Neil Brown, but I do think Shannon Dawson's a better coach, or at least what he's selling sounds better to me than what Neil Brown did. Uh, but we'll have to see what Shannon Dawson puts on the field and, and look for a finished product. But you're all right. He, he's he's going to have to show those intangibles. But a 6'5 quarterback, 240 pounds, that's mobile, can run, can take hits, and also obviously has throw, shown that he's a decent thrower, uh, that's appealing to an NFL team. Oh, the, the the measurements alone will will get him get him get him get him at least his foot in the door. That that's that's the NFL that we live in today. But he's got to be able to push that door open with his ability before uh, before actually getting in the league. Then again, I mean, honestly, he could look like total crap this year, or not even show any improvements from last year. Go pro and probably still go in the probably fifth or sixth round. Yeah, and that's well, I guess you know he'll that even if that did happen, he'd still have a decision to make. Um, whether or not he wanted to be a fifth or sixth rounder or if he wanted to to come back for one more season. And, you know, he does seem like a Kentucky first guy. I'm, I've am i got a, a friend of mine who's very, very close to Patrick Tolles and uh, their, their buddies. And by everything I've heard is that he actually is a, a really good kid that cares a lot about UK's football program and, and wants to see it succeed. So, you know, even if he was maybe projected to be a third or fourth rounder, I wouldn't be shocked to see him come back for a senior year. And like I said, I'm just saying he, he likely will have a decision to make. On the other hand, I'm talking about how good of a, a kid Patrick Tolles is, uh, there's, there's some other news from football today. It was a very newsworthy football day. Uh, Marcellus Jones, no longer with UK's football program. He wasn't even here long enough for me to know his name. <laughs> and he was the Ohio State transfer uh, who originally picked Ohio State over UK when it seemed a lot of the signs were pointing to 
Kentucky and surprised a lot of people by picking Ohio State. And the transfer came just probably a little over a month ago. And then he gets kicked off UK's football team uh, today, which that's that's not good news for UK, but it's really not good news for Jones, who you're sitting there and you're looking, and he, he was an Army, you know, All-American playing for Ohio State. You've got so much potential, so much opportunity. You could play for national championships. Uh, if you succeed as a lineman as Ohio State, NFL teams are going to notice you. Things don't work out there. He goes down to Kentucky, where it's a similar situation, but you're probably not going to play for national championships, although the odds came out for national championships today. Trevor, UK 500 to 1. You feeling lucky? <laughs> I got a dollar on it. Okay, all right. Louisville's only 200 to 1, so I mean. Yeah, 200 to 1 for Louisville, 500 for 1 for Kentucky. There's some value there, but he goes to Kentucky. He has a chance to, again, prove that he can protect a quarterback in the – SEC, if you do that, you're going to get drafted. I mean, you look at Larry Warford up there in Detroit right now. Uh, that's another great opportunity. And he squanders that as well. It, it's sad to see for somebody that's, you know, 19, 20 years old, have so many chances and, and seem to, I don't want to say he's ruining all, but he, you know, he is ruining those chances. And we don't know exactly what he did to get kicked off the team. Uh, but no, he's, he's really seems that he's, he's, messed up uh, a lot of good situations i don't know he didn't take long to get kicked off and as uh i was uh talking out loud earlier i mean i would think that in such a short time i mean i'm sure he was on a short leash he could have been even missed just missed a curfew uh for all we know and that could be what it was to get him dismissed it might have been more might be less who knows i can't imagine anything less than a curfew or even that being the one that does it but then again if you're coming to University on a no tolerance, even missing a curfew would probably maybe be worthy of getting you booted off the team. I will say this: there's a junior college somewhere that's probably going to have a have a nice season next year because they're going to land this kid and he's going to play right away. They're going to let him do whatever he wants, and then he'll be uh, transferring out again. So probably to, the, to, to a mid major school at, at best. Yeah, probably. Uh, how long before he ends up at Louisville? <laughs> oh, you're throwing jokes while your kid just got kicked off the team and you took a troublemaker. Yeah. You might want to pick your battles there, the timing on your battles. But here's the thing. He got kicked off the team, Trevor. Yeah, but you took not, him. Not, you not, took. Not, get, not, not given an award like he would have at Louisville. Uh, you don't know that. Hey, we change lives. We don't, we don't bring them in and keep them broken, okay? We turn them in. We turn them in. We turn them in. We rehab them and send them out into the real world, better people than they, when they got here. You just recycle them and just keep flushing. Is that what is that what they do? Is that what Bobby Petrino does? That's right. That's what he does. He bring uh-huh. he, he brings in troubled youth and they come in troubled and they leave uh, upstanding young men. It's because Bobby Petrino has such a soft spot in his heart that he he feels the need to help these troubled youth that just so happen to be very very good at football. He's a freaking humanitarian, TJ. Get the guy on the Nobel list for 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 for, for charity work or whatever the hell they give it away for. And, and, and get the man the respect he deserves. Now, let me ask you this. Did you read the Sporting News article on on uh, Arkansas football and, coincidentally, uh, Bobby Petrino? Uh, I, I saw it. I kind of skimmed it uh, about how uh, – Here the, we go. The new coach. 
<laughs> yeah, I don't know what that was. <laughs> it was a it was a Spanish ad for the article on Sporting News that I pulled up because I want to read you some quotes from it. Okay, I did I did see that. Like I said, I skimmed it and saw where the the uh, they, they're talking about how they're just now cleaning up the mess that was left from uh, from obviously John Allen Company. Yeah, and they a few quotes. Uh, three years ago, Arkansas was the most dysfunctional team in college football, the epicenter for all that can go wrong when egos go unchecked and selfish, reckless behavior. Uh, now it might just be the blueprint for all that. I'm skipping around a little bit. might be the blueprint for all that can be, should be. Arkansas coach was a self-absorbed dictator, a man who drove his Harley in his and his career into a ditch and dragged what looked like a surging hogs program down with him. There was a shell of a top five program before Bobby Petrino was fired in April of 2012 to begin the downfall. Uh, and uh, they, there, there's a lot more. There's a lot more that they say about Bobby Petrino. One of the players says back in 2012, if you didn't want to go to class for a week, you didn't go to class for a week. And it wasn't a big deal. Nobody got up. Nobody got mad. Nobody got upset about it. Uh, and they're talking about how Brett Belima has changed everything there. First of all, why, why is it that Bobby Petrino's got to be the guy that sends him into a tailspin? Why not give him the credit that they, he deserved for bringing him up from the ashes that was Arkansas football before he, you know, lost control of an air quote motorcycle? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I mean, he was the most successful coach they had since since Lou Holtz in the mid seventies, and probably equal to him the most successful coach they, successful coach they may have had. In the, in the history of their in their, in their program, in a long history, and a, in a proud program nonetheless. But at what cost do do you get there? Well, I mean, what what cost? What what happened? He he got in trouble doing something that wasn't involved on the field, and he got dismissed. And when he was kicked out, it turned out that you know he, that's how good he was. Poor John L. couldn't uh, keep the the trainer rolling, and they had to move on to someone else. The fact that they went downhill wasn't for him, you know, obviously cheating or breaking scandals on the field. It was because he just couldn't keep it in his pants. If academic and this good is enough from for the, sport, the president, it's good enough for the Arkansas head coach. This is this is the from the sporting news again. If academic and behavioral problems weren't enough, the NFL atmosphere that Petrino created was feeding it on a daily basis. Petrino's office was. In on the second floor, and a player, and if a player was in his office, it was usually because he was in trouble. There was no such thing as an open door like there is now. Uh, a player said, "With Petrino, I never wanted to go up there. No one did. It was kind of a scary deal." Uh, and then somebody goes on to say that you're playing for a tyrant. Um, uh, other people, you know, they're they're not well, a lot not of a nice guy. Okay. Not a, not a, and uh, uh, once Arkansas staffer summed it up, he was an a hole. Okay. Uh, it, there's it, he, you know, that's your man, Trevor. But the, but these are just just because he's an a hole. He's not. He doesn't make great lines like beating Texas and Nicky and Neal is what felt erotic. You know, he doesn't. He's not. He's not chummy chummy. I mean, that's those are. I mean, things that you can say you don't like him for it. But again, to to say that he destroyed Arkansas to where Brett Belima has to, to re-arise it from the ashes. I mean, he's he didn't – he would make you think that just because he nailed doesn't mean he destroyed Arkansas. I mean, he got fired, and that destroyed Arkansas. But Arkansas didn't have to fire him. They could have swallowed their pride and kept him if they really wanted to. It's not like – don't don't tell me that Arkansas was high and mighty from not stealing him from Atlanta. So it's not like they were – they had the moral compass of, of a saint to begin with. So, I mean – He had to, he he had to did, run off. 
If he had he, to get rid of 20 players in the first 18 months he was there. Well, you, why, do you, why do you think he was getting rid of those guys? Maybe they, they didn't like him. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder. Yeah, I'm sure that's. I'm sure that's why. I mean, you saw the Let's, same. You saw the same thing when when he left Louisville with Crackthorpe. He had to dismiss a lot of players as well. I mean, there was Petrino. That's the thing. Petrino. You can call him the bad words you want. Call him a dictator. Call him Stalin. Call him a tyrant. Whatever. But apparently, that attitude keeps troubled kids in line. And when he's gone, the, when the substitute teacher comes in, you know, the kids will kids will play. They'll they'll misbehave. And that's what happens. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't know, Trevor. You know who you have as your head coach. Louisville fans, a lot of them, to their credit, and and you know my father being one of them, and he's a Louisville fan. Uh, he wasn't, he wasn't, and a lot of Louisville fans weren't thrilled with the hire. What are you going to do? Turn your back on, on, on the football program? No, it's okay not to like the hire, and I don't think that's really changed. I don't think that. People all of a sudden are saying, okay, well, you know what? I like Bobby Petrino now. He's changed. I think you know who your coach is, and either you say, I don't care. As long as he's winning football games, that's fine with me. Or you can say, oh, yeah, he is a uh, uh, he, he is kind of a a-hole, as, some of the former, as his former players have said, and you, uh, you go on living your life. Petrino falls in that, li- that, that grouping of coaching that if he coaches your team, you like him. You'll defend him. If he doesn't, you despise him. You make fun of him. You throw jokes. I think Kentucky, That's fan, what I'm Kentucky fans know exactly where I'm coming from with that That's because your basketball coach is in that same group. No. Yeah, it's Kentucky even, fans, including the biggest even, ones, made fun when, of him and trashed him when he was when, in Memphis. You can't compare Calipari to Petrino. No, it's, they're, it's, not, they're not, they're 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 not comparable. They're different people, but the scenario is the same. If he's not your coach, you don't like him. No, but I, I don't think people... I don't think people disliked Petrino before all this stuff happened at Arkansas. He he kind of was a, a weasel the way he left Louisville and and went to the Falcons and interviewed with the Raiders and did this and did that. But I I don't think people really started to dislike him until the the motorcycle accident, if there ever actually was a motorcycle accident. <laughs> I, so I'm gonna leave that one alone because I'm on the same side of you on that one. I, I never have but, seen this motorcycle. But you don't have to. You don't have to like him, even if you're a Louisville fan. And that's what I'm saying is, I, I know plenty that don't like him. But you can still root for your football program and still root for the players and still even, I guess, root for him. But still know that he's just he is who he is. And I'm not because ultimately I'm he not, is. I'm not saying him and Cal are the same person. I'm just saying if you if you're if Kentucky he wasn't Cal was coaching at Memphis still. Kentucky fans would be on the same saying the same things about him that Louisville fans say about him now that he's at Kentucky. And but you don't I'm, say I'm, that when he's at your coach. Now is he the same? Is he an a hole like Petrino? Probably, maybe not. I don't think so. He's a it's a different type of, of of hatred oozing off him from everyone else that he isn't coaching the team of. But it still nonetheless puts him in that same category as if he's not on your team. And then maybe some cases, yeah, that's right. Some Louisville coaches, maybe Louisville fans, still don't like Petrino. And there's some Kentucky fans out there that probably still don't like Cal, but are going to be happy with him because he wins. They don't like the way things he says, some of the ways he, yeah, ways and, he acts. But they're going to support him. And some, and the same with Louisville and Petrino. But outside of those fan bases, you don't like him. You're not, you, yep. How many fan bases are you going to find to go, oh, yeah, I don't like Kentucky, but I like Cal. You're not going to – look, you might as well find a unicorn – Having sex with Sasquatch because you'll find that before you find that. Now, how many UK fans wouldn't like Cal if he was the head coach at UK? Left, interviewed for a bunch of other jobs. Uh, 
kind of failed some other places, went to another college basketball program, <laughs> coached there, cheated on his wife, got in a, quote, motorcycle wreck, unquote, uh, and then came back crawling to UK because I bet there'd be significantly more UK fans that wouldn't like him. If he, now, win, if, if he wins, the, 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 now, it depends yeah, if he wins. If, if, he, if, the major, if he did win, I would say the majority probably would get over everything that happened in the past, yeah, exactly. but there still would be plenty of people that didn't like him. We need to head to commercial break. There's a lot of tweets I need to get to uh, that you guys are sending in, and I'm not ignoring you. I see him. I uh, just had to, had to get a nice him. lively... Had, had to get a nice, lively Bobby Petrino debate. So we'll be right back here on 1450 The Sports Buzz. Stick around. Postgame show is brought to you by Christ, I can't find it. The hell with it. Now, back to the Sports Talker with T.J. Walker. Presented by Allen Electric. Deep down in Louisiana, close to New Orleans. Way back up in the woods among the evergreens. There stood a log cabin made of earth and wood. Where lived a country boy named Johnny B. Good. Who never ever learned to read or write so well. But he could play a guitar just like a ring and a bell. Go, go. Go, Johnny, go, go. We're back here, 1450, the sports buzz. It's Monday. We're back. Another full week, Trevor. I've, I just weekend goes by too quick. Especially when you have football now on the weekends, it does make it go by even faster, does it not? It does, and uh, I am happy that Hard Knocks is back on TV because that really cuts up the. That, that cuts up the TV week. I, I had to wait till Wednesday to have a show. And Monday and Tuesday really dragged on. But now I've got trivia on Mondays, Hard Knocks Tuesdays, and then Big Brother, which sometimes I feel guilty admitting to watching that on Wednesdays. You and Nick Coffey both love that Big Brother. He's a big, big, he's a, he's a big, big brother fan. Is it, that sounds, that's why you say it. A big, big brother fan. <laughs> it's funny. I had never even, I guess I had never even really heard of the show, which is crazy now because all I see is advertisements for the show and it's on season 17. So it's been going, it's, yeah, I know. It's been going on since I was probably a seven year old. Wait a minute, 17? That's, that's even more than SVU. I thought that was maybe one of the longest running shows. That's been going on since 99. Well, I mean, Survivor's been going on forever too. These yeah, CBS shows, that's true. Amazing Race, that's been going on for a while. But, the show, I don't know if they used to do it differently, but it's only in the summer, and it goes throughout pretty much the length of the summer. These people are stuck in this house with no TV for 90 days, or more than 90 days, I think, maybe like 120 days, and it is, it's crazy. Yeah, I know the premise. I just, I can't watch reality. I've, there's two reality shows I've watched in my entire life, and so reality shows have been going on primarily since I would say Survivor pretty much kicked the door down on reality shows and kind of ushered them into a full strength of, of, of a whirlwind of them coming at you from all angles. 
So that's been almost what I guess we can establish almost twenty years of that now. So, and there's only two I've watched. One is a wrestling show because I just I like wrestling, and I've already after a couple of weeks I've already gotten tired of that. And the other was kind of shoved down my throat when I was in college. My roommate was obsessed with reality, loved reality shows. He used to drive me nuts when he'd be watching them in the living room or DVRing them in the living room. And I did get caught up in what was called the uh, the the next great white rapper. It was on VH1. It only lasted one season. Shocking. And uh, it was kind of funny, though. Uh, it ended up being one of those that I actually laughed at uh, and watched it all the way through and still kind of quoted on occasion. Hallelujah, holla back. I'd still watch Survivor and now Big Brother again. My girlfriend got me into that last summer. And it's, you know, it's probably not the best show on TV, but without football, with the Red Sox kind of being Suck. in the toilet for, for <laughs> baseball, uh, it, it, it helps move the time. So... I've got that this week. So, but with Hard Knocks, that's what I'm trying to say is Hard Knocks being back is is so great. I know you don't like it. I don't get how you couldn't. Uh, but I, I maybe this one would be good. Episodes. I'm not. I, I can't say this one sucks because I haven't watched. It. I haven't given it a fair shot. But I've been burned by the last few seasons of Hard Knocks enough to where, like an offensive lineman getting kicked off Kentucky today, I, I'm not going to give you a shot. I'm not. I'm, I'm tired of giving you another chance. <laughs> <laughs> nice, Trevor. You Very like tough. that analogy. I've yeah. that around perfectly. So, all right, so a few tweets I didn't get to, uh, and, and these are going to kind of be old, so um, on things that we talked about earlier in the show. But Captain Arctic says that he likes Neil Brown, too, uh, but he wasn't very successful at Kentucky. In the lowest of risk, he was a terrible play caller, and that is a fact. I, I don't think you can look at Neil Brown's time at Kentucky and consider it all that successful. Uh, again, I, I do like Neil Brown. He's a Kentuckian. He likes bourbon. He was always a good quote. He was friendly enough to the media. Uh, maybe he didn't have the players because if you look at UK's rosters the past two years, uh, you they, it was not filled with offensive weapons, but it, it, it didn't really go all that well for Neil Brown at Kentucky. I don't think anybody would, would argue that. No, I wouldn't argue it. I, I, I wouldn't say it was all maybe his fault because I agree with you sometimes. I mean, only a, only a bad craftsman blames his tools, but still you can't put a hammer into the wood with a with a rubber hammer, a nail into the wood with a rubber hammer. Man, you're you're full of sayings, aren't you? I've been using that one for a while, though. That's an old one. I just haven't used it with you before, I guess. Then Captain Arctic said, great call on Jones. This guy, he will probably go to Louisville now, which we touched on. <laughs> and then he said, you finally have the upper hand today. Now Trevor's voice... Uh, is the one that's rising. I always have the upper hand on you, Trevor. Oh, no, no. Captain Arctic, if that's who did that tweet, I missed the, the, the tweeter. But uh, you didn't get a rile out of me. You didn't get my voice arising. I didn't call you a No, you were, a you were pretty riled. You were pretty riled, <laughs> which that's okay. If you feel like you've got to stick up for your, your football coach, you do that. Yeah, hey, somebody's got to. <laughs> Sadly, there's probably too many that do. Yeah, uh, hey, hey, if, 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 I'm not going to defend the guy – you know, off the field. I'm, I'm not going to do that, but I'm going to defend him on the field. That's, and that's, that's fine with me. Uh, if you, if people want to be okay with win at all costs, and ultimately if you're following college sports, that's what probably matters to you the most. So I can understand that, but it, it, it does bother me when people try to defend uh, bad people off the field. And maybe Bobby Trino isn't a bad person, but it certainly seems like he is. Uh, Brun DMC wants to know thoughts on Tim Tebow's release. I thought it looked better than in the past. I didn't think it looked better. 
I thought it looked a little different. It still doesn't look like a good release, uh, but I did watch him play yesterday for your Eagles, Trevor, and you you probably be the authority to talk about this. I thought he looked good. He was fun to watch, as always. Uh, he was able to score a touchdown over former UK defensive back Winston Guy. Uh, I hope he, he makes the Eagles. What, what, what did you see out of Tim Tebow, who's now 28 years old, which is crazy, uh, but what did you see out of him in his preseason game? First of all, don't tease me with a headline Tim Tebow release because that gets me excited, okay? That, that makes me well, that, think something else completely. And I was already – as soon as you said that, I go, what the hell did I miss? Let's go to the Twitter, well, Twitter timeline here. Did I I'll miss I'll say something? this. I, I did the exact same thing. I read his text, and it said thoughts on Tebow's release. And I thought, oh, man, he got released after having a good game yesterday? I, I, was, I must have I haven't seen that. the headlines in Sports Center yet. To show, the, 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 I guess that'll be the first 20 minutes of Sports Center as we did get released. And he won't. He might. Now, will he make the team? It's going to be very hard to. I mean, he's already four-string right now. Uh, Sanchez looked like crap, really, to be honest with you. Uh, you could say, well, he had two, a touchdown. He drove him down the field. They looked, they were offensively, statistically in the end, looked sharp. Looked like crap. The one touchdown pass he had, he probably overthrew Agar, our, our rookie wide receiver. He, he made it the pass, that play, so much harder than it had to be. Overthrew him. He had to jump up and catch it. He overthrew two wide open Jordan Matthew plays, where would have probably been both touchdowns to begin with. So he looked like crap. Uh, Barkley actually looked somewhat sharp. Uh, but to Tebow, he did it against guys that'll be working at car dealerships in three weeks. I mean, he, he did it against guys that'll that'll be selling insurance in a couple weeks or attempting to make a CFL roster. So, I mean, did it look did he look awful? No. Did he look great? No. Does does he gonna make the team? I don't. I don't think he will. I mean, unless they they end up wanting to get rid of Sanchez because he continues to look as bad as he did in in the situation he was in then maybe he might make the roster. But as of now, he's four-string. And, I mean, not many teams are going to keep four quarterbacks on their roster. Yeah, I was looking at their roster and looking around some of the other rosters in the NFL. Uh, he, I know he probably didn't have a ton of phone calls to go wherever he wanted to, uh, to to get a chance to make a team. But the Eagles seems like one of the worst places to go if you're trying to make a roster as a quarterback because they have three pretty solid options None of those guys, I think, are superstars, including Sam Bradford. Yeah, uh, but you do have three pretty talented guys. The thing, and I said this about Tebow back when he was actually in the NFL and playing for the Broncos and the Jets. I think his downfall is having too big of a following, and that's at no fault of his own, because no, a no. team a team just doesn't want him there. Despite him, I think he's an okay quarterback, and I think he would be a good backup in the league because. Uh, he's would be very committed to learning. He'd be very committed to helping the team. He'd do all the right things. But if he goes to, no matter really where he goes, unless he goes to a team that has one of the top five quarterbacks in the league, if something goes wrong for the Eagles, you're going to have an obnoxious part of the fan base saying that Tim Tebow should start, which is unrealistic and, and not likely. But the coaches are going to have to answer those questions in the media. And it, it just becomes this little circus off the field that no team really wants to deal with. And that's at no fault of Tim Tebow, but I imagine most teams are just saying, I, no, I don't, I'm not going to mess with that. Uh, I don't want Tim Tebow, but I think he'd be a great, I think he could be a great backup, a great teammate, uh, all the things that, you know, Tim Tebow kind of gets made fun of for a lot of people actually do like. And I do think all those things translates to a, uh, a quality, a quality backup, a quality teammate, like I said. 
Uh, but it, it does seem unlikely that he's going to make it with the Eagles, although he did look pretty good yesterday. I do actually agree with you. I think that's, that is uh, like not his, it's out of his realm because it's not just necessarily the uh, fan base, but also the media in itself that wants to just just some reason just put Tebow in the headlines, just let the guy be, let him let him move on, and, and he probably would be. He probably wouldn't have to beg to get a tryout with the Eagles to be a fourth string quarterback if he didn't have a circus that kind of follows him when he arrives somewhere. Now, does that circus stay there? No. It doesn't, but it will arrive at least for day one and day two. And like you said, not only will the fan base be if, if someone was to struggle with a starting quarterback ahead of him, no, no matter where team he's at, you know, you, not only will the fan base go, well, we want Tebow, because that's going to happen in a lot of places when you have a quarterback that at one time had potential coming out of college and they want to see the starter. But the media, usually the media doesn't jump on it like a fan base will, but with Tebow's case, the media does, and that's where I agree with you 100% with the problems because he probably could have been a – second or third stringer in the NFL last couple of years without a problem. I see no reason not having him on a third. Even if they, not maybe even a backup, but a third string. I mean, most teams are going to keep three quarterbacks, and especially when you can keep one that if you want to, you can slip him onto the roster as another position and use him as a quarterback, kind of like uh, like the Jets did when they originally wanted to uh, the whole number situation with Keyshawn Johnson back in the day when receivers only were allowed to wear 80 to 89. He wanted to wear 19 or whatever it was, so they put him as third-string quarterback so he could wear the number he wanted, even though he played wide receiver. And, of course, since then they've changed that rule, but the point is the same, that he was a Tebow. You, he is a type of skill level where if he was, you wanted to keep him as a third-string and didn't want to cut maybe a six-round pick that you drafted as a rookie and didn't want to get rid of him yet and didn't want to put on practice, you can say, okay, Tebow, you're kind of our you know, third-string you know, quarterback, but we're going to list you as a, a second-string, third-string tight end. So we can keep you on the roster without having to be overloaded tight at quarterback. But because of the uh, circus that comes, I think that's probably you're right, has cost him jobs. I don't think it'll we cost him this job because Chip Kelly does enough bringing in a circus with his own uh, his own issues. But uh, but I don't think I'd be he might make the team, but I'd be surprised if he does. Yeah, I will too. I mean, just because you do have guys in there that are also good that can do a lot of the same things that he can, and like I said, not not have that headache. Uh, Captain Arctic said, not a Tebow fan, but agree 100% with you. Hell, dude beat my Steelers in a playoff game. Oh, man, I, who could forget that? Well, that let's, was let's not forget the Steelers' defense was awful that year. And Tim Tebow, who everybody likes to tell me, well, he won with the Steelers. He went, he, he took the he took the Broncos from from the, the bottom of that season and brought them back. Well, they were 1-4 and four when he took over. He went 7-4 and four as a starter, and he completed 46% of his passes, which is right below crap. It's not even above crap. That's below crap, so... He, that, the Steelers beat themselves, Captain Arctic. It wasn't Tebow as much that year. Well, Tebow was was leading the the charge in that game. Yeah, that is crazy. Tebow. That you know he is a guy that won a playoff game, and mm. now he's fighting to make an NFL roster, and was even seemed content being out of the NFL when he took that job with the SEC Network. Yeah, and he's going to have another job. I mean, and I think about it, he might make this job because of the fact that the, the keeping fourth strength fourth quarterback. Because of Bradford's injury problems, I could see them maybe wanting to keep a fourth quarterback and even doing, like I said, hiding him as a uh, as an H-back, third-string H-back to avoid uh, roster issues. I could see him making the yeah. team because of Bradford's injury problems. Because Bradford won't play this whole preseason. I doubt he'll play. He might get take a snap or two, but I'd be shocked if he does. But he will be the starter in week one on Monday Night Football 705 at Atlanta. Yeah. I got uh, we need that. Well, good. I I, I – do you? How much do you enjoy preseason football? Oh, I, I, I DVR'd and watched the whole Eagles game twice. I mean, that's 
but that's the only game I will. Any other game, I'll have it on my TV probably. But I'm a lot of times doing audio work for maybe one of your show or Nick's or another show, or I'm reading something online or some. What I'll do is I might put it on my computer streaming while I play a game of, you know, video game, while, and I'll have it on the background. But I won't pay too much attention to it. But I'll be I'll have it on to where I'm kind of listening to it, but not. Yeah, kind of like when but... you have a conversation with Hannah. <laughs> I. I... I, I like watching the starters. I can't get too excited about the backup guys. Uh, we need to head to commercial break. Uh, I've got some fun stories from the draft when we come back. So stick around here on 1450 The Sports Buzz. We'll be right back. Besides the DAX, that really ups the resale value. I think you're going to be okay here. They have a thin candy shell. Hmm. Surprised you didn't know that. Now, back to the Sports Talker with TJ Walker. I think your brain has a thick candy shell. Your, um, your brain has the shell on it. Are you talking? Shut up. Presented by Allen Electric. There's a destination, a little up the road from the habitations of the towns we know. A place we saw the lights turn low, the jigsaw jazz in the jet fresh flow. Pulling out jobs, sports talker TJ Walker is brought to you by Allen Electric, Kentucky's first and only electrician dedicated to residential repairs. Give them a call 636 help for any electrical service. Allen Electric will never leave you in the dark. Trevor, well, we're going to spend five minutes in this segment and then we're going to head to another commercial break uh, and we're going to talk about some of the hard. Hard pressing issues that are out there in this world. Uh, first, uh, an anonymous person texted in and wanted to know how the draft went this weekend and if there were any good stories, if anybody puked during the draft. Well, first of all, why they got to be anonymous? Why can't they get? Why can't they give their name out? I don't know. That's that's for them to decide. But what? So we told you what the punishment was for the cheater in our league, right, Trevor? Yeah, and I saw a picture on Facebook that did. I didn't see anybody with some forties taped to their hands in that picture. Oh, he, he's in there if you look. Okay. Uh, but so if you, if you don't know or you didn't listen last week, we had somebody in our league try to bribe me, the commissioner, last year in the playoffs by offering me a hundred dollars to throw a playoff game, and that is against the integrity of the league. So we had to come down with a punishment, of course. And originally, we were going to make him lose a six-round pick, but uh, he almost started crying, so we had to come up with something different. We decided to tape two 40-ounce beers to his hand and make him draft that way. Uh, what, he, what kind of beer did he get, by the way? Well, they I didn't even know that uh, some of the people in the league were going to do this, so this was a nice surprise to me. They gave him Steel Reserve beer. I'm not even familiar with that. It, uh, it, it, it's... It's pretty alcohol. It's got a lot of alcohol in it. 
Uh, it doesn't taste good, <laughs> and he was not happy to see it. Uh, is, it and, is it better than Old English? I don't know. I, I don't. I've never had Old English, and I didn't even have a sip of Steel Reserve. But I've heard plenty about it, and just the look on his face when he took that first sip was hilarious to me. Uh, he he was able to one. He wasn't supposed to start drinking until the draft started. He got like a ten minute head start. Not that it made that big of a difference. And two, he was able to get somebody outside the league to help him write down his picks, cross people off. Uh, so he was able to get a friend to help him do that, which was disappointing to see. Uh, but w- what made me very happy to see was to see him have to take a break around the, one of the later rounds of the draft to go outside the garage and, and throw up. Uh, <laughs> it was That was very fulfilling and satisfying for me. I'll say this. I just Googled uh, Steel Reserve. Uh, and it's a bottom of the page. It says uh, very similar. See also old English. So I guess it's probably <laughs> the same boat. <laughs> it's very so, cheap malt liquor. Is what that is what old English is. So yeah, it 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 didn't look good. He was not happy to see it. Uh, if you look at that picture though, you you can see him with a forty taped to his hand. I just saw it kind of scanning on my phone. I didn't actually click on it or zoom in on it. So I just kind of. I just could see you uh, with your bleepy bo- bleep uh, grin in the background wearing your Packer jersey. Yeah, that's my that's my Randall Randall Cobb split jersey where half of it's in a away jersey, half of it's a home jersey. He gets a bunch of hits. You got you got uh, you got to do like a guy I learned a couple uh, and you, you should do this at the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship when we uh, we go there on the end of the month in the horseshoe. Uh, there was a guy I noticed one year he was wearing a, a Philip Rivers jersey, and I kept thinking, I mean. At one point, I thought he was going to snag Rivers. This was about three or four years ago. I liked Ed Rivers, kind of circled as one of the guys I wanted. Never took him. Next year, I see him. He was wearing, uh, I can't remember what jersey it was. I want to say it was a Rodgers jersey. And I finally asked him after a couple, you know, after seeing him two or three years in a row wearing different jerseys, I said, are you a fan? You just like jerseys? He goes, I always wear the jersey of the guy I want nothing to do with and hope that somebody will snag him before they really want to or should, thinking that I'm going to take him because I like him. Oh, that is just brilliant. That guy's an evil genius. I love it. If I had to, if if I could, if it wouldn't burn my skin to put on a cowboy jersey, I'd do that. But why wouldn't he want Aaron Rodgers? Uh, I think it, I mean, it might have been Aaron Rodgers. I can't remember who it was. It was he, he wore like four straight years. He wore a different quarterback jersey, and it wasn't. I don't think it was Aaron Rodgers. I know it was Rivers was one year, and I think maybe might have been Romo. I forget who they were now off the top of my head. I was just throwing out a player as an example, but I know Rivers was one of them. I do remember that. I, I, a, I think I ended up taking Rivers probably earlier than I probably should have because he was picking two picks before me. And as we were coming back on the Serpentine, I thought, if I don't take him now, he might take him on the way back around. Had I known I, I, his little trick. I had a pipe dream that Randall Cobb was going to fall to me at six in our keeper league, uh, not, not your standard league. So basically this was the third round equivalent. He went second overall, which I was surprised he went that high. I thought he'd go maybe third or fourth. But Who, who went first? Uh, McCoy. LaShawn McCoy. Okay. Okay. Then Cobb, then Hill, and then don't remember who went fourth. Mike Evans went fifth. Uh, don't remember. I'd have to. I'd have to I'm pull it up. Mike speak. Evans wasn't a keeper on somebody's team, especially. Dad, I, don't, I mean, for a, for a second year receiver. I'm not all that crazy about Mike Evans, but I don't know whose team he was on. That yeah, he he would have had to had two pretty established guys, I would think. To... Yeah, I'm not a, I'm not a hundred percent sure exactly whose team he was on. Uh, I was surprised to see him go that early because the guy that took him has Des Bryant and AJ Green as his keepers. Yeah, so now he's just got three 
pretty loaded wide receivers, but can you play three wide receiver in your league? I assume. Yeah, we there, there's a flex for okay. a third wide plus, receiver. Plus, plus, you have AJ Green's health issues last year. You never know. I mean, he has yet to sign a re-extension too. So, I mean, you you, you got to maybe keep your uh, keep your your eyes open, be safe for the safety net. But I agree for first round pick safety nets are things you do in the second or third round, especially in a keeper league. And we're gonna head to commercial break. Well, there's something who, else. Who, who's your first round pick? Lamar Miller. Uh, what do you mean? I was thrilled to have him fall to me at number six. I didn't think there was any way he was going to make it to me. I had Lamar Miller last year. I was very high on Lamar Miller, and it turns out I was just high. <laughs> I, I think he's going to have a good year this year. I'm excited. I That's who I wanted. That's who I circled. If I couldn't get Randall Cobb, and I knew I couldn't, Lamar Miller seemed more realistic. I, actually, I didn't think he was going to fall to me either. Uh, I was thrilled to get him. you got to remember that my other running back was Joy Bell at the time, so I needed to get somebody a running back that wasn't uh, terrible. I so had, I, I was to happy. see what was left on the board, but Lamar Miller can't be that bad. I, guess. I mean, Lamar Miller wasn't a bad season. Wasn't very, it wasn't anything to blow your mind. He just had barely 1,000 yards. But, I mean, to get 1,000 yards in 16 games is equivalent to getting 60 yards a game. So uh, the, the people that went after him, Frank Gore went directly after him, mm-hmm. Emmanuel Sanders, T.Y. Hilton, DeAndre Hopkins, Brandon Cook – uh, Cooks that rounded out the third round. So I think all things considered, I I made the right selection. Yeah, it's not bad. I'm not gonna. I don't think it was that evil. Uh, okay, we're going to head to commercial break. There's another off topic I want to get to. Uh, so stick around here on 1450 the Sports Buzz. It's going to be fun. We'll be right back. The Sports Talker. Did you get a make on the vehicle? Uh, yes, sir. They're driving an 84 Sheepdog. Here's T.J. Walker. We're back. One final segment here on 1450, the Sports Buzz. Trevor, there's another off-topic off sports uh item that's making the rounds today that I wanted to get to before we talk UK secondary part of our uh, part of our position by position series that we've been doing on the show. Uh, did you see what's what's going on down at Alabama today? <laughs> uh I did see it. I unfortunately I realized it and noticed it after you went on the air, so I've been unable to watch the video with the volume on. Uh but I have seen what you're referring to, yes. So it, it's the sorority recruitment video. Yeah, I, I, I kind of started to watch it with the on mute while you were talking in the first segment, but I felt like about thirty seconds into it, I thought I need to, I need to probably see this with the volume on. So much so that I actually emailed the link to myself so I wouldn't forget to watch it when I got off. It, it's a, a recruitment video, which sororities do this all across the country. Usually, they're. 
they lip sync songs and it's really stupid and annoying. Well, well, well uh, done the last couple ones they did. Uh, Call me maybe and uh, what was the Bruno Mars song that was real popular? Uh, the recent one with the that sounded like a James Brown tune. Uh, I I don't know. Oh, I, I'm I can't believe I'm brain farting on this one. Where's Yates at when you need him? <laughs> but it happens everywhere. And Alpha Phi, a sorority that is pretty popular nationwide, they were new to UK when I was starting to graduate, and they built this ginormous house. I mean, just this freak of a house. Uh, but it's a popular sorority throughout. So they made this video uh, for Alabama recruitment, and it got over almost over half a million views in just a few days, Trevor. Not, not to interrupt you, but Uptown Funk, that was going to bug me until I remembered it. <laughs> okay. Got you got it. Uptown Funk. Okay. Uptown Funk, going to give it to you. Yeah, that's and right. <laughs> they made, so they made this video and got a, over half a million views. Uh, somebody from uh, AL.com, the Alabama paper down there, wrote how it was uh, basically worse than Donald Trump uh, worse for women than Donald Trump and uh, <laughs> talking about how, you know, it was so terrible. And I watched it expecting girls to be close gone, to being gone wild. naked or, or something, you know, or do or drinking or doing drugs or something. Uh, and, you know, I don't really get what all the fuss is about. The only problem I had with it was it wasn't probably – diverse enough it didn't have enough african-american students i don't know how many are even in the sorority but i imagine they've uh I, there's i'm sure there are plenty in there i'm two minutes uh, in before i even saw my first brunette and um there you know i'm sure it's a diverse sorority or at least has some diversity and they didn't really touch on that uh, it was a lot of blonde girls um and it, you know it is it's very cool it, it, it's very <laughs> sorority i mean i'm i would imagine that there's plenty of other sorority recruitment videos that look just like that and and, and go about it in the same way uh, but it, it, people got upset that it just basically uh, i guess objectified women i don't know i don't get why that's why they even had to take that down to be honest okay i don't know, love, unless there's something said on mute but i'm two minutes in and i have not seen anything other than it just looks like almost like a pill ad on mute to where it's just like like stock videos of just girls in sundresses. Now they're in bikinis or walking around, you know, wearing nothing really extremely skimpy, which is disappointing. But, you know, they're, they're carrying an Alabama flag. I mean, all this has done to me is make me kind of want to go to Alabama. And sorority life at Alabama is, uh, and fraternity, in the SEC in the South is just a different animal. I know a lot of people listening to my show are probably just used to it at U of L or maybe even UK and there UK, it's a little bit bigger than Louisville. Um, but even both of those just don't even compare to how they do it in the rest of the South. Um, but I don't, I don't have a major issue with this and I don't get why everybody's acting like this is the end of the world or setting women back. It, it, it's very clear that they want their sorority to look like it's full of pretty, pretty girls. And, you know, I'm sure it, it probably is. Uh, but, it doesn't, you know, it's not like they're wearing inappropriate outfits either. No, now, I mean, there's, uh, there's barely any the scenes end, where they're in bikinis I've seen so far. Yeah, towards the end, they, they get a little friendly with the bathing suits. Ooh, but yeah, I'm there uh, now. Not, it's, it's not that not that big of a deal. 
I, not that big of a deal at all, but it just seems like in today's society, everybody's got to have something to complain about. What's with the one girl wearing the one piece? Come on, girl, get with the times. Uh, there were there were a few girls wearing one piece. I'd have to talk to Hannah about that. Maybe one pieces are making a comeback. Yeah, nineteen twenty seven. Hannah is, is listening and says that it was it's a shallow video. Okay, uh, for them so what to, video isn't shallow? That's trying to promote something. All videos to, promoting sales are shallow. But in all honesty, I'm sure, and, and like I said, the only thing that I would have done differently is shown more diversity in their sorority. And if they don't have diversity in their sorority, then they need to work on that. Uh, and, and if they don't, then they really didn't do anything wrong. Although they need to, they need to make that better and be be more accepting. But the only thing they do in this video is show girls that look pretty. Yeah, pretty. They just show pretty girls, which I'm sure their sorority is probably full of pretty girls. Uh, maybe you know if we found out more details about it, where maybe they didn't let some of the uglier girls in the video, or you know if we found out more details like that, then that would maybe change things. But as far as we know, maybe there's that sorority is just full of pretty girls. Well, you're trying to sell something. You don't put ugly people on television shows. I mean, you put you put you put pretty people yeah. on TV. You put pretty people. Well, then, When's the last then, time you turned on a commercial ad for anything and saw an uggo? I well mean, then, then I can then I can understand Hannah's point about it being shallow, but I wouldn't be shocked if that sorority didn't have but a few, uh, a few sixes or below. And I'm not arguing Shan, uh, Hannah Hannah's uh, argument of it being shallow. I'm just saying that's where we are. I mean that's just that's just how it is in terms of you selling something. I mean it's is it shallow? I'm not going to say no, but it's also the way things are done. I mean you just don't. We, I need more details about about. The sorority, I want some numbers on, you know, how many African-Americans are in the sorority, how many non-Caucasians are in the sorority before I'm going to get upset about it. Uh, because as of right now, it, just, it, it it's a really well-done video. I, I mean, whoever put the video together, in terms of who edited it and shot it, they obviously also had a drone to take some of the shots. I mean, they probably spent close to 1500 to $2,000 producing that video, which is pretty insane. I mean, I, I just... Was I, <laughs> uh, DH just texted. It's not realistic for all of them to be hot. It's just like it's not entourage, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, and maybe not. I don't know anything about sororities or fraternities for that matter. I not a, not in them. I'm, I know nothing about them. But I, I mean, what, what would have been better? Would people have been happier if it showed them doing science experiments or something? If they were doing homework around the table instead of dancing around a lake and. And I mean, in all football honesty, games. I mean, I mean, um, what, I mean, what, what they want. I mean, it, I was expecting the way the, the what the backlash I was hearing. I thought I was going to see a scene like Jesus Shuttlesworth when he went to the college visit and he got game. I thought I was going to see something. It, I, I was going to see something like that. It is kind of, you know, it's a it's a corny video. They're running around. Uh, I don't know what Ryan they're Stadium. To. They're 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 running around Brian Denning Stadium and they're throwing footballs and they're yeah, they're mean, falling over and, and and being girls, with the exception of them not showing them doing philanthropy, which every sorority and fraternity will do, <laughs> and, and that and that's good stuff. But besides that, it does kind of sum up sororities a little bit. You hang out with your friends if you're in a sorority, and you you run around campus and you like to be goofy. And that's what a lot of people do. Now, they do philanthropy, they do good, they do study, and they showed a little bit about that with their history and stuff like that. But I need more details before I'm going to get upset about this. And I understand Hannah saying, and she also texted and says, if you want to join a sorority because everyone is pretty, then you're an awful example of a modern woman. 
but we don't know that that's what they're trying to showcase because what if that sorority doesn't have again i need to know more information I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, maybe not everybody thinks every girl in this picture is pretty. I mean, I wouldn't kick them out of the bed unless they want to sleep on the floor. But, I mean, that doesn't mean, you know, what I like is some, something else somebody, else somebody else might not like. It's just, I, with the, uh, I need to know if they really did exclude other people from this video that are in the sorority. And if they did, then I understand people being upset. But as far as I know, that's not the case. So... Well, wait a minute. Well, again, but go back to I mean, when you see, you know, and when you see a video, a team, a school trying to promote a, a kid to come to their school, they don't show the backup punter. They don't. They don't. They don't. They don't show the guys that that's throwing the incomplete passes. So why would what? you want to show? You want to show your best foot forward, and if that's your prettiest girls, and that's what you're trying to push, then so be it. Now, if you again, if Hannah or any other one wants to call it, you know, evil and shallow and this and that, I'm not arguing that. But again. That's the world we live in. I mean, that's just, it sells. That's what sells. Plain and simple. The, and, but Hannah does have a point. Now, if you if you saw that video and you're going into college at Alabama and you say, I want to join that sorority because those girls are the prettiest, then you're probably a, you probably are a shallow person. I'm trying to be careful of what I say. I mean, I saw, you probably I saw, are. I saw a commercial for a, mo- a show which looked awful, by the way, called Scream Queens last night. And, yeah, and, you know, ABC Family. Yeah, no, no, it's actually on Fox, but which doesn't help its its reputation probably. <laughs> but I mean, it's about a, a soror a, a sorority where someone's like you know, it's supposed to be like a slasher type show where they're they're yeah. killing off that the girls. Girl, type that stuff. girl's on American Horror Story and actually did okay. a pretty good job. Okay, but you know what? I watched that. I saw about a four minute clip of that. I didn't see one ugly girl in that sorority. Right, should they be that show be taken off the air because they're not? I mean, every girl that probably be in that sorority in that TV show will probably be pretty even when she's beheaded. By a lawnmower. That, I mean, that's, <laughs> was she really beheaded by a lawnmower? If, if the preview was going to continue the way it looked, like yeah, <laughs> that's. I mean, that's actually that's a good point too, and that needs to. But it, it's just everybody's going to always get upset over something. And like I said, if you are, if you see that video and you're a girl trying to pick a sorority down there, and you say, "Well, they're the prettiest, so I want to be with the prettiest," then you probably got your you you have your own problems. I can tell you, I, I, Alabama would have pulled it quicker if they'd shown a, a video of a you know a bunch of women that look like me. You know, I mean, they would have probably been like, "We want that video down too, as well." Yeah. All right. Well, I, I wanted to bring that up, but I felt like that was productive conversation. I just don't understand. I, I mean, I don't understand why why there's. I mean, Yates has texted a couple things. He said, uh, "Pull up their composite to compare." TJ will know what that is. I don't know what he means by that. Their composite's just basically like their yearbook. It's all the oh, girls okay. in the sorority and, and, and their pictures. And uh, if I cared that much about it, maybe I would do that. I don't. I just, it, we, Trevor, we're in a society where everybody's going to get upset over everything. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I agree to that. <laughs> it, you know, it was, it was a well done video. I mean, it, it, just from a, a person that notices the editing and the shots and the cut shots, whoever did that, knows what they're doing when it comes to editing videos and it's not the worst sorority recruitment video i've ever seen now if people want to say it's shallow and all that stuff i need to know more about the girls that are in that sorority to see if they actually did exclude people i don't know that for sure if they did then i can i'll change my stance on it i'm allowed to do that uh, we need to talk defensive backs <laughs> really changing subjects here i'd really and rather keep talking to the cheerleaders at alpha pi or alpha whatever at alabama alpha but okay. who cares 
They're not cheerleaders. They're 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 students. Well, future ex-wife of mine. Let's just talk more of them. <laughs> let's 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 talk some defensive backs. There was actually some news about it today. Oh, hold on, hold on. You gotta wait. I, I know, I know. I'm I'm segueing into it. Uh, that's okay. Go ahead. <laughs> this arm ready to throw about two thousand yards next fall. Deep right side line got a man. Twenty-five, twenty. We got a touchdown, Kentucky. And let me tell you what, you're looking good. Floats it up the far sideline. Catch made. Javis Blue across the 45. Gets the block. Cuts left at the 50. Look out. He's across the 30. He's across the 20. He's across the 10. 5. Touchdown, Kentucky. 13 starters coming back. 22 Letterman. Kemp straight ahead. Touchdown, Kentucky. Looking tough. His squad is in the house. Steps up in the pocket. Slides right at the 10. Sack! Zadarius Smith. Let's open up the whole can of kick ass and kill them all. Let the paramedics sort them out. Thomas throws far side. Intercepted. Uh oh. Down the far sideline. It's Marcus McWilson. Pick six. Touchdown, Kentucky. All right, pretty sweet intro there, Trevor. We only will get to use that a few more times. Well, I hope I don't have to dismiss it and get it banned because I didn't use the highlights of all the players. No, no, it, it, I I enjoyed that. It okay. gets me pumped up every time I hear it. That's my goal. Uh, but there was some news from the defensive back standpoint. Chris Westry, the freshman defensive back, who I'm incredibly high on because he's 6'4", has a, I would guess, close to a seven-foot wingspan. Looks like you could just plug him in at the two or three on any college basketball team, and he would he would have no problem. Uh, he's getting reps with the first team and has taken some reps away from Fred Tiller, who hasn't been... Good. He, 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 yeah. <laughs> simply, simply put, he hasn't been all that great, and and I don't think he was recruited by Kentucky to for Fred Tiller when he was recruited to Kentucky way back when. I don't think he was recruited to be this program-changing defensive back. I don't also think that they would have expected him to uh, have to play the role that he's had to play the last few years. But having Chris Westry come in and, and really push him, I think is significant for the defensive backs who were just awful last season. Simply put, they were awful last season. Hey, at least you can say a positive note on Fred Tiller. He is the leading cornerback coming back in interceptions. Yeah, and, and you know, whopping two. We're we're talking the entire secondary, and I and I think Kentucky is going to have some some options at safety. Marcus Marcus McWilson, he may forever be known as dropping that interception against Louisville, which would have sent Kentucky to a bowl game. Uh, but he really improved last year, and and I think he had a pretty good season. All things considered, uh, even in your highlight tape, he has an interception right. that you talked about. A.J. Stamps is maybe one of the better safeties Kentucky's had in a while. Uh, he's great. You're not going to have any issues there. He was fantastic last year at safety. I think the safety position for Kentucky's going to be fine. That's not going to be the issue. Uh, you have Blake McClain, which is going to play some hybrid roles, and uh, Mike Edwards and Darius West were recruits that Kentucky is very high on. They're coming off redshirt seasons. So safety position, if I'm UK, I'm not, I'm not worried about. It's the cornerbacks that have to be better if Kentucky's defense is going to take a step forward. And I'm going to mention this again because this is how, how bad it was for UK football. 
their final six games, they gave up 44 points per game. Five of those six teams scored 41 points or more. Georgia hung a cool 60. That's unacceptable, and a lot of that fell on the defensive backs, specifically the cornerbacks. That stuff can't happen, Trevor. They have to take a step forward. And again, like we've talked about so many positions on this UK team, there are question marks there, but I think they'll at least be better than they were last year. Now, I think they need to be significantly better to actually make a difference, but I think they will be better than they were last year. And maybe that means a guy like Chris Westry is going to have to be the one that's going to step up. Uh, maybe the, all the young guys, you know, that you got Derek Beatty, who's also a bigger freshman. He's six foot three. Maybe he steps up. I don't know, but it, it's, it's gotta be a collective. It's gotta be as a unit collectively, they all have to get better. And I agree. And I, I, two parts. One, uh, I do like the safeties in Kentucky. And I'm not saying that because McWilson dropped the interception that would have won the game for Kentucky against Louisville under the fair catch. I don't like him just for that. I, I do think they have talented in safeties at the safety position. But the cornerback, to me, <laughs> I'm sorry, I got distracted. Nick Cobb's in the other room going, no, no, they don't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, while he's doing jumping jacks, he's shaking his head no. Uh, but at the, at the cornerback position, uh, it, it, I sound like a bro- I'm going to sound like a broken record, but for them to have any steps forward, to me, it's not necessarily as much on them as it is that front seven and that front line getting pressure and allowing them, forcing quarterbacks to make quicker and poor decisions that help benefit the corners. If, if they're not, if you're not getting pressure on the opposing quarterback and you're allowing him to sit back there and have his time, and I don't mean to have his time by saying he's back there for five minutes, but even you know just a short amount of time, five minutes I guess in football terms is like having 20 seconds or 10 seconds for really, uh, then these corners are going to – you're going to have some struggles again in terms of giving up passing yards for Kentucky. The safeties are nice, but you got to have cover corners, especially in the SEC, and Kentucky I don't think has that level just yet. You 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 do have you're right about that. I, now I don't necessarily agree that they don't have that yet. I do think they have cornerbacks on their roster that will be really really good football players. Now will they be really really good football players next year is the big question. Tons of young guys and uh, it, it might take some time. And unfortunately, we don't have any more time on the show today. Uh, Nick Coffee, who is interjecting into my show. Uh, It'll be his turn. He'll he'll have his chance. I usually here. don't don't things like that distract me, but I couldn't help it. It was just, it was just too damn amusing when he said it. <laughs> so we're, we're we'll talk a little bit more about the cornerbacks tomorrow because I, I we we spent a little too much time oh, on the sorority to, stuff. Really? Well, we spent a little too much time on the sorority stuff. We also need to talk special. We'll do special teams tomorrow as well, so that won't take long. So we'll we'll be able to mix that in with the with the cornerbacks. So uh, we're out of time for today. Fun show. We'll be back tomorrow, same time, 4 o'clock, 1450 The Sports Bus. Thanks for listening. Take a Georgia boy, show him how Kentucky do. Oprah Priest Classics, paint Kentucky blue. They say don't forget to seven, don't be hitting two. Song call it blue, grass, song call it purple. I'ma call it home, take a shot of Tron. Lay back in the lap and take two to the dome. Ride from the bill to BG in my zone. Let me hear you say, high time sitting